Welcome to the new game, Bullshit. <laughs> Myself, I'm uh, Philo's current uh, publisher, Silver Phoenix Entertainment. Uh, why am I up here? Well, I just got a loud mouth, and, and it kind of <laughs> helps. So like. But uh, a few more minutes, we're working on getting uh, some of the technical things up, so we can show you some interesting videos. Um, this gentleman here will be talking about his love of games, just like all of you have love of games. If I may ask, just going down the row, favorite video game? Star Castle. Star Castle. Nice. Uh, Tron. Tron. Mm. You. <sighs> Pac-Man? So many. It's too hard. It's too hard. Donkey Kong? Okay. Donkey Kong. Yeah, I, thought, I thought that was a special game. It's too hard. But it's too hard. That, that's not a name for Dragon's Lair. Yes, sir. <laughs> Defender. Yes. Tetris. Tetris. Breakup. Now, after today, Crime City. Oh, Crime City. Yes, we have a new convert. Asteroids. Now I can't think of any. Asteroids. Can't think of any games. She's a girl. They don't play games. Cliffhanger. Nice. Oh, that's a good one. I played your cliffhanger. How about you? What's your favorite game? Yeah, you. With the face. Asteroids. Asteroids. <laughs> exactly. I thought of like three bad jokes with Star Trek concerning asteroids, and the fourth one I won't even say. <laughs> nice. And you, sir, if I may ask, what has been your interest in games? Where's the Enterprise? Like toilet paper. Well, pinball. So, Why is so that? I just started. So I do the pinball expo. Oh, look, uh, for Klingons around your ears. In this hotel, 30 <laughs> plus years ago, it was a Holiday Inn. And um, the idea was to recognize my joke was live on the podcast. Fast forward 30 years. Recording. As soon as he started, I I missed your intro from him. But I apologize for that. But we're good for the podcast. And this is all being picked up by the podcast. This picks up everything in the room. (laughs) It's good. That's that's clean compared to the way you are. This gentleman here is amazing. Don Johnson gets around. Uh, tell him a little bit about yourself real quick. The Don Johnson of The uh, unofficial yes. mayor of Chicago, so uh, don't take the violence too personally. It's going to be fine here at Rosemont. Full <laughs> Quimby. Full yeah. Quimby. Mayor Quimby. Hey, you, you look happy. Yeah. Tell us about yourself, Mr. Kyle. High five! High five. I'm Kyle, uh... I'm a co-host with Chef on yes. uh, VGBS podcast. Yes, I do uh, no death runs, high school runs, uh, into anything vintage and retro games. Incredible figures, VHS, vinyl, you know, all the good stuff. So good thing I came. Is it true oh, that yeah. vinyl is final? Yeah, I think so, and I think it's in again. Yes, yes, yes. yes. It's in like Flynn. Yeah. 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 You can mic yourselves up. Okay. okay, if you need it. Now this one, this is for the video. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This one does the house, of course. Okay. Let's um, let's get this over to, to Kyle. Okay. So that way yeah, he you has guys that. Can hand him off. And exactly. Wants to do, use and then we'll use this. So. Yeah, he'll need that, Philo. You can get more. Can you can you guys all hear us? No problem. We don't need the microphone then. Oh, wait, wait. Do do a check with Philo. What about Philo? you, Philo? Check, check, check. All right. Say hi, Philo. Say hi, Philo. Hi. Can, can you hear him? Like, wow, like, if we're good, I, if if not, we can have File use the mic if he needs to. I can talk. You can talk loud enough, right? Oh yeah. Okay. I'm good. So yeah, and we'll throw that on. Um, and just so you know, like the podcast, we're doing a podcast episode of this too. Um, I'm Jeffrey Wittenhagen. Uh, I'm an author. I published the complete NES, which is a Nintendo collector's guide. Um, it was on Kickstarter. A lot of people have seen it. Um, I also have a video game culture chronicles where I cover 1990, everything in video games in 1990, as well as 1991 with everything from video games from 91. And then this year, I went to Kickstarter and did the complete SNES, so I'm doing a Super Nintendo Collector's Guide. Um, And there's a lot of people here that are coin-op collectors and coin-op players. Everybody's favorite game was a classic arcade game, which, in my opinion, would be the arcades you would want in your house. Not so much the ones that you would be like, oh yeah, I always wanted to play Ninja Turtles. You're going to play that once and stop playing it. It's the Berserks, the Donkey Kongs, all those games that you're going to 
continually challenge yourself mm-hmm. and get a higher score, which is what I enjoy. Mm-hmm. We were just playing Mario Brothers, and we, we were setting some scores up on putting our initials in there because we almost were here late because we were still playing. Yeah. We had to kill off a few lives. Um, so, so it's true, <laughs> the rumors, you love to score? Oh, I, I love the oh, score. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the 90 and 91 do have coin op and pinball in them, so I definitely make sure I cater to all audiences because I love it all, so it's fun. So so. It's those games that take like a minute to learn, but a lifetime to master. Yeah, that's, that's why. Since we know that there's a lot of people that love their um, arcade games here, mm-hmm. we're not going to just focus on console. We're going to focus on coin, pen, and everything. Sure. So that's why we have our Retro Games Roadshow, which basically we have a bunch of quiz questions, and we're going to go down the list and ask. However, I got a gentleman sitting to my right that needs to introduce himself. Yeah. So, there you go. You can just flip this on right there. Okay, and then, you. there you go. Thank you so much. There we go. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, there we are. And I happen to work on a retro uh, threesome of games. Uh-huh. Dragon's Lair, Space Ace, and Dragon's Lair 2 of the Time Warp. And I have the trailers with me tonight. Notice how he said threesome of games. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But I think Charles also has my um, uh, sort of short video about um, first my father's work for Disney and then my work. And, exactly. Uh, not just Disney, but um, Don Bluth. And What's amazing about this guy here is not only has he had 30 years of animation experience on nearly every show that we could think of on TV, his family has touched almost every show that we could think of. His mother and father met at Disney, and look at the result. Uh-oh. Also at Disney. You're literally <laughs> looking at a Disney brat. Yes, they met there. He's a product of Disney. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> met there in 44, and uh, uh, the war was still going. But Dad had been um, um, honorably released because he was prone to sleepwalking, and he almost went over a cliff in Chile where he was stationed. So. Oh, jeez. The rest is history. He may not have made it to Disney if that hadn't happened. Yeah. The MP grabbed him around the waist before he went over. So, wow. Yeah. And they Crazy. sent him home to Cedar Rapids, Iowa first, and then, <laughs> then he made his way to Disney. If, if, if I may jump in and ask Jeff, mm-hmm. what was the passion that, that got you to publish and put these books together? I mean... I'm a fan of those games. I know all of us are a fan of those games. Yeah. But what was that extra step that pushed you to do something incredible. Sure, so for the last 15 years or so, I've been running websites. We used to run the Video Game Masters Club, and that used to allow emulation in a browser without having to download the emulator. Um, Not necessarily legal. I programmed the code, but I never tried to make money off of it. Mm. So, But on the side, we were writing articles in there. We both would write a bunch of different stuff about all our games. Um, And then after I decided not to renew the website, since... couldn't make money and it was pretty expensive because we were getting a million hits a day on the website. Um, We started writing, I started writing and branching out to other websites and writing for publications. I was writing Retro Gaming Times Monthly, which had a lot of arcade and pin and console-based things. Uh, And then I started to get published in other European different magazines. And at that point, I was like, why don't I just write my own book? And I wrote Hidden Treasures, and I was published through a European publisher. And basically, they went under before they could publish out my book. And so basically, nobody bought my first book. However, the legendary Walter Day saw it, and then actually got me a trading card based upon my contributions and got me ingrained in this whole society and group of people and going to all the conventions and things. And through that, I met the artist for the Complete NES, which is Joe Simcoe, who does Garbage Pail Kids. Yeah. And I took myself to Kickstarter and exploded last year. And Woo! now, yeah, and now all of a sudden, like, in that meantime, we started our podcast because we would do things three to six hour phone calls talking about video games and we're like, we need to be recording this stuff because we're going analytical on video games to a point that nobody does on a podcast or a video. So we started doing that on the side. So it all kind of meshed and came to a head and now HagensAlley.com and VGBSPodcast.com are all getting huge. And I mean, basically it all just started to spitball out of control. And I mean, I did them all for me because I enjoy them all. Yeah. That is That's it. awesome! Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
Yeah, it's now, just passion. Now, Philo, we're going to be showing a little bit of your portfolio in a moment, your dad stuff and, and other things, but I'm curious, are you a video game player? And if you're not, what connection do you have? Because Disney didn't make any video games, but then again, you were involved in many different ways, like covers and this. Mm -hmm. Can you explain more about that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, actually, when I got into Disney consumer products, uh, my last film for the company was Beauty and the Beast. Uh, I think that was around 91, and then I went straight into publishing and the rest of consumer products for the company, and uh, that kept me pretty busy because we, we were doing all the... the um, home entertainment things like including the games and uh, I got to do the uh, special packaging for uh, Kingdom Hearts and it was really beautiful it was a little square hardcover book basically with some illustrations in it and the actual disc for the game Nice. So, so that's the Disney connection, cool. but any other connection with and any... I also did a Mowgli game, too, a uh, Jungle Book game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but... A Jungle Book game. There's still, yeah, cool. But there's something more medieval that's in everybody's hearts that everybody has experienced, spends quarters on, and frustrated the heck out of them. Oh, well, we've already mentioned that, Dragon's Lair. Well, talk about how you got involved with that. That's pretty amazing. Well, uh, I didn't get involved with it, Don Bluth did. Uh, we had just come off Secret of Nim and um, didn't know what our next project was gonna be. We wanted to do another film, but um, there wasn't anything we could think of to do, and um, the research and development team, I'm trying to remember what they're called now, but um, they came to Don and they said, we, we'd like to do a groundbreaking type of thing where it, uh, it's laser, laser disc driven and we would like you to animate it. So that's how that all happened. So instead of doing another movie, we did three games. That's amazing. What was one of the most exciting challenges that you had to face? I mean, was it just like any other movie, or what were some of the particulars that made this more unique, this groundbreaking event? Um, well, the, the, the storyline, of course, is not, you know, linear, if you will, <laughs> a movie is it's all over the place. Yeah. And um, to, to cut down on the amount of work we had to do for the first one, we actually devolved it. Those of you that have played it already know what I'm going to say. Uh, we, we just ran the, the footage we did the other way, reverse. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. When he's riding that floating the, horse, the mirror. it's reversed. Um, by the time we did um, Space Ace, though, we actually did a lot more... Um, above and beyond what we did on the first one. Um, and we still reversed it, but uh, then we introduced new things, new bit pieces of the adventure. So, nice. Yeah. Now, now, is all you did was animate, or, or did you do anything else on that show, Philo? I mean, on the uh, video game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Does anyone recognize that character? <laughs> That's... Uh, Lizard King. That's the Lizard King. Lizard King. That was my Lizard. Yeah. And uh, um, the uh, there were several characters, you know, that Dirk encountered. Dirk was actually voiced by Dan Molina, who was our sound editor, and um, Daphne by Fira Lanfer, who was uh, also a key assistant like myself. And um, Space Ace, I did the computer voice that you hear sometimes, and the Blue Cats. And uh, what else? Oh, and you'll never believe who was Borf. That was actually Don Bluth himself. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> through nice. And when we did the recording sessions, we had um, uh, headphones on so we could hear ourselves in real time. Uh, and it was really bizarre to hear your, you'd speak and you'd hear this weird voice come out in the headphones. <laughs> it was a little disconcerting. It's awesome. But uh, it was a lot of fun to do. And um, I'm also the Queen of Hearts in the, the, the second Dragon's Lair. Now, now, Kyle, what has been some of your involvement uh, with video games? Is it more reporting? Is it playing? Tell us a little bit about some of the greatness that uh, you've added to the genre. Yeah, we always try to go in-depth on our podcast, and we always try to have... Uh BS homework, I guess you could call it. <laughs> yeah, video game BS. Yeah, where we, we, where we try to play a game, we analyze it, you know, really deep. Exactly. Now, um, now the, the greatness about 
Dragon's Lair is the fact that instead of a game that um, tests your skill outright, like a Galaga or a Pac-Man, which is almost like dependent on how you feel that day or how energized you are or, you know, what in the zone you are. What was cool about Dragon's Lair and what how I had um, got a lot of my high score runs and my uh, speed runs and those kind of things was the memorization. And that's what I learned. And that was my, that was my little skill, was that I could memorize a game from here to there. And the more that I played it and the more that you unlocked it, I would retain that. So then I just, would just learn, like, okay, let's just play this game completely through, memorize each little part. And that was the reward where you could go to the arcade and play Dragon's Lair all the way to the end, and people would be watching you, but the time it took to get all the way there, you know, you had to memorize each little part and each little nuance. Mm-hmm. But once you had it, you had it. Which I could never do. <laughs> really? I just made this stuff. I couldn't play it. Interesting. Okay. You know. You know. An interesting well, tidbit I is now. A little boy play it backwards. Mm-hmm. Now. That's oh, he did it. That's backwards. nuts. Yeah. yeah. How do you like this? Just by the sounds and because of, of of training and animation and sound editing, I would correlate that. So then I just turn around with the sounds. I just reverse how I would move it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, because there's a timing element. Yeah. yeah, there's always a timing element, and you can associate. Okay, when I hear this noise, there's this many seconds oh, until great. I need to yeah, press the next off. button. Oh, great, and that is such Perfect. key. That's what means to, to learning how to know depth and how to you know do all those types of mm-hmm. the runs. And and it would just make it really fun. And yeah. especially fun, and that's yeah. what it's all about, really. Well, I mean, we're just having fun. You know what I mean? That's, that's, the, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. About all of this. Yeah. That's the, that's the know, beautiful thing you know, about it. Why we're all here is it's because it's it's just something fun. Yeah. The, the neat thing that, that all of you talked about with enjoying certain games, your favorite games, you know, it does say a lot about <laughs> who you are. But you know, you know, you're a space hero. You're lost in in, 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 in a fantasy world. You're a cop. You know, you're 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 Crap, some, you know, something else incredible, you know, in multi-worlds, multi-things. But, you know, the thing that I like about video games as an end user is that no matter if I've had a great day or a horrid day, all of a sudden I'm in control of something that I may be able to overcome, I feel good about it, you know, I can shoot things sometimes, I'm really upset. Blow stuff up. Blow stuff up. No matter what, I'm the hero. Yeah. And I'm important. Escapism, one yeah. on one. For, 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 that, for that short moment mm-hmm. in that small little Michael universe. Bay would agree. Swinging from vine to vine, you know, getting that damn timer right in Jungle Boy. As Philo said, he thinks Michael Bay would agree with you. Yes. Like, for yeah. real. That was a good one. <laughs> and what we talked about, like, films are one thing, but you control this. Yes. yes. So it's actually more immersive. So, yes. so my, my question for you, since you, can mem- you have it memorized by sound, and everybody in the audience now, you've noticed with some of the newer DVD releases of Dragon's Lair 1, Space Ace, Dragon's Lair 2, they show the commands on the game now. Yes. I feel that that completely defeats any kind of memorization. You're basically essentially just reading and following directions at that point. Uh-huh. Well, it's made... Well, I, there's some. I mean, I think it kind of goes to like yeah. it, when they go to cliffhanger later, and when you make a mistake, it goes should have went left on the laser disc, right. like the one where you play downstairs, like yeah. the one that's down there. It's like you're sitting there making a mistake. It should have should have jumped or should have hit your foot instead of your. Up. Yeah, and, and it, it tells you. So then the next time you go through, you're like, oh, now I'm gonna hit up instead of not telling you like dragons there, and then you just die. Yeah, you gotta right. figure it out. Yeah. Plus, I'm kind of angry that they. Um, they don't play the death scenes like everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they caught a lot of things. <laughs> well, yeah. Because every week at dailies, that's what we really wanted to see, what we were doing with the death scenes. <laughs> Everyone would roar with laughter when they came on the screen. What I'd like to do is show a little bit of Philo's visual portfolio. Absolutely. While that's going on, I'm going to go upstairs and get some of Jeff's books and, and pass it around so you can kind of get a feel nice. and, and, and see for it. And he could explain some of his process on creating something incredible and about, you know, how, uh, you know, people like, like you can, can enjoy these worlds. And, uh, and I'll be back in a moment. If you could please start time. Perfect. <laughs> oh, we have sound. We did. 
Yeah. This was done for a demo show. That was done for a demo show? Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, where I was sitting in a room drawing. Okay. When I worked for the home builder in Wisconsin. Awesome. And it just played over and over and over again. Oh, okay, so it just played over. Yeah. Oh, Song of the South. Classic. Nobody's seen it yet. Because it's, it's still banned in, in our country. I actually have a laser disc of Song of the South that I found in the wild. I did too. Yeah, I have. Yeah, one I had all my laser discs. Yeah. I never got rid of my laser disc collection. So. It's a wonderful movie. I don't see why they don't bring it out. But there's nothing questionable in it at all. There's... Gone with the Wind is far worse. Exactly. Actually, when you want to get down, right down to brass tacks. Ichabod, Mr. Toad, yeah. another classic. Yeah. Um, Dad had the most fun doing Cyril, the horse. Oh, the horse is one of the most animated and fun parts of that, that movie. That was his favorite stuff to do. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh. Such a fun movie. Oh, yeah. Beautifully animated. Oh, and... There she goes. So it's interesting to see that your dad was involved with the Cinderella and the antiquated Disney, and then you became, you know, with the later version. I but became the, retro. They're all classics, They weren't making musicals or fairy tales anymore. They weren't. And then I got to do it again. Because my mom was so excited when they went back to the, the ones that you started animating. She was like, it was like a, it was like a coming back. It was amazing. Oh, that's a classic. <laughs> he had a ball on the goofy shorts. Yeah, that's, that was one of my favorite ones. <laughs> oh, you, you can't help that. <laughs> did your dad do any voices like you, or were you the first to tread that water? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. did some voices? No, no uh, background voices. Nice. So, yeah. so you, you I'm actually a rat in Nim several times. Nice. Uh, did your dad do any voices back Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. When there were crowd scenes. Um, you remember in Nim when the block is sinking? Yeah. Yeah. You hear the rat say, the line, Justin, that's me. Okay. <laughs> That was my first big one. Yeah. I loved it. That's an amazing film. I loved so, working on it. So, so your dad was basically involved with all the Disney classics. I mean, that's... Uh, from 44 on. Yeah. That's... Doing that smoking, huh? And Lady in the Tramp. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. This was a challenge because it was... Uh, it was the widescreen... Uh, not as strong as the song of the oh, first yeah. one. Yeah, it was the first Disney animated one. The second one was Sleeping Beauty. Wow. It's an interesting trivia point. <laughs> Poor lady. Yeah. Some of you may have seen this in school. That's yep. Magic Land. That's a classic. Mm-hmm. Down Dunk one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, I, I used to love this, watching this as a kid. Uh, I have since gotten a better copy of it. The, the key is, is that like I'm passing these down to my daughter now because she's missing out because they don't show this stuff on TV anymore on Disney Channel. Uh, no, no, and they'll, they'll show it. Beauty. They'll, they'll show it abbreviated. Exactly. So. Now, Philo. Yes. How long did your father take to develop her? Uh, six years of work on Maleficent. Maleficent took six years of work in uh-huh. Beauty. Wow. He said they were lucky if they had three good drawings of her done a day. We were expected on Mermaid to do eight. Oh, wow. That's outstanding. Yeah. And 101 Dalmatians. Like. Yeah. This was the first Xerox film. Wow. wow. No more hand inking. Yeah. That's crazy. Eventually, we had uh, color toner. Color toner? And now, now it's uh, digitally processed. Yeah, now it's all digitally processed. Yeah. yeah. I feel like there's something lost in the digital process yeah. a little bit. The well, even, even the lines it. were assigned colors to yes. digital. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there's a natural feel lost. Yeah, absolutely. Th- this, uh, I was almost up for the part of Christopher Robin in this film. That would have been... Instead, I got to be in Mary Poppins. Sword in the Stone was one of the favorites yeah. of all time. King Arthur story is so great. Again, beautiful animation. Oh, yeah. amazing. This is one of Milk Call's scenes here. Yeah. But my father did lay out on the floor. Yeah, that's not. That'll be a great, like, Dragon Slayer game. 
Sword of Stone. I'll imagine if they made that. If you were a kid visiting the studio back then, uh, animators would drag you into their office and show you footage. <laughs> oh, and then you got Jungle Book that you may have done some game work on. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of a... Actually, I have a black cat that looks like the Panther. <laughs> Comes full circle at that point. Yes. And the aristocrat. Aristocrats as well. Little side fact that Doctor Who's Betsy looks a lot like his car. That's true. A little bit. That is true. Probably. Good inspiration. Yeah. Absolutely. Again, this is Milk Call. Um, what I wanted them to use in the video was, was the scene that comes after where he's actually admitted into the house. Mm-hmm. And um, he's pulling on Edgar's suspender straps. And oh, yeah. He's falling down the stairs. Yeah. That's the one I wanted them to use. Yeah, and they did. They uh, used this instead. I was so. Darn. Well. Yeah. Secret of Nymph. Oddly enough, uh, Jerry Goldsmith did the score for the film I worked on before this, Star Trek The Motion Picture, and uh, then this one. Yeah, yeah. Amazing, though. This one had such a dark aspect to it that a lot of movies It was very dark. Very dark. Yeah. It was outstanding. Yeah. I, I didn't think much about that at the time. Oh, it's, you know yeah. things like that don't bother me. The heck, uh, oh, yeah. when I was a kid, I wanted to know how it was done. Not yeah, how scary it was. Yeah, this one dark. Christmas but I, I have people in their forties, late forties, coming up to me still and saying, "Thanks for scaring the hell out of me." This is like <laughs> a, this is like an adult, more of an adult film. Actually. Yeah. The, the Great Owl sequence was actually the first sequence we started with, too. and the Black Cauldron, another one of my favorite Disney movies as a kid. Give it back. This is one that's rarely talked about now. Yeah, Black no one ever talks about Nobody ever one. talks about Black yeah. Cauldron. We do. Such a good one. It was considered pretty dark at the time, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It actually makes sense now, which is great. I actually thought it was a lot heavier than them. Than them, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, dead bodies coming to life. Oh, it was running around. Outstanding. And then you have the Little Mermaid. This is actually Glenn Keane's animation. Yeah. Follows one of the main reasons yeah, why she is a redhead. Those are my sins. Yeah, those yeah. drawings are about this big. <laughs> oh, they're they're tiny. They have to move so, them. so they're so tiny, and then they kind of blow up on the screen. Yeah, so they can oh, wow. get back away from them. Yeah. Wow. It's interesting to know the, uh, the, the processes. This is the film we made in Florida. Oh, Royal Coaster Rabbit. That's the build up to build up to um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. This was the last film uh, that was actually cell animated, meaning you painted you painted celluloids from the back. Ah, oh, so that was the last film that where they painted. Now, the last one. The next one was Rescuers Done Under. That was the first use of the CAP system, which stands for Computer Assisted Paint System. Okay. There it is. is Rescuers Down. This is the first Caps film. Yeah, and I mean, you can tell from the animation quality of Rescuers Down Under that you can tell that the process is starting to become more modernized. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. We were able to do multiplane effects without the multiplane. Okay. It's much easier to plan our scenes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then Beauty and the Beast, of course. This this scene took me weeks to do. I had to well, tell and, everybody. And, and guess what? Another one of the darker scenes, which is why I liked Beauty and the Beast, yeah. the darker aspect. Yeah, that whole build-up. Yeah. That was around the time I was up for the part of Christopher Robin. Yeah. Dad had shaved his mustache off already. Here's my brother in Follow Me Boys. Nice. With Fred McMurray and Vera Miles. Okay. There we are in Mary Poppins. And there you are in Mary Poppins. So you acted in Mary Poppins. Yeah, we're out of focus, but we're flying a kite. Nice. That's Dad walking the kite back to me. 
she actually got to have like your family live on screen a little yeah. bit, which yeah. is kind of cool. You get to like revisit it like yeah. multiple times. We that's, were extras in the movie. It's like that's like the best like kind of family album you could ever have. Yes, that's a, you're very fortunate. Yeah. That's awesome. It's out there in the public eye. Oh, yeah. kind of funny. That's interesting. That's the end of it. It'll play again if you don't stop. Let's, let's go this time because it will uh, cycle. Lights up, please. Coming up. Do, did did you want to show them the trailers? Uh, that that I'll do after we talk about some uh, books real quick. Press spacebar. It's on loop. Why? It's on loop, baby. It's on loop. <laughs> yeah. So much fun. You this gotta was made watch for a, um, for me to use in the room I was um, working at a home demo. Hmm. Um, Interesting. I worked for a home builder in Wisconsin. And I made his life a lot more better. Yeah. So, just so everybody knows, we are recording everything also, besides for on video, but also on um, my phone for the VGBS podcast. And we were doing commentary during that whole thing, so we didn't disrupt you. But when you listen to it on the video and on here as well later, there's commentary about Philo talking about all the involvement with each movie, too. So, now, I'm gonna, even though cool some might say this is a tough act to follow, oh, yeah. the thing that I find very amazing is not only did you create these books out of love, uh, this one is titled... The Complete NES. So this one is the Complete Nintendo Collector's Guide. It has all the licensed NES games in it. So I was like, well, let me do something that basically fits in my pocket and I go around to conventions, which he has my actual brainchild right there. But as I was doing it, I was like, I want something fully, you know, color that I could put on a shelf or on my coffee table. And basically what happened was is meeting a certain gentleman to my left that might be standing there with the referee shirt, Mr. Walter Day himself. Um, I actually was fortunate enough to meet Joe Simcoe, who does Garbage Pail Kids, and did this cover. Because he did this cover, I went on a much larger scale than I ever would have been able to on my own. Because, I mean, it had it has this cover appeal to it now because this is an amazing picture. Exponential. Like, for, the, for the podcast listeners, it's, you know, a guy blowing into a cartridge and then all the Nintendo characters coming out of it. And anybody who's played an NES knows that the game starts to mess up and you have to blow into a cartridge to be able to fix it. I so, would just lick it. You would just lick it. Hey, everybody has their own techniques. I love that it's hard to (laughs) Oh, yeah. And the key is is this is a hardcover book. This is a high-quality thing. It's the size of a textbook. I mean, 60-pound weight. This is the publisher right here. He knows. He's slamming together my books. (laughs) 60-pound offset text. See, there you go. Um, So as I continue to learn things, though, I'm refining my process. So I did this one minimalistic, and I'm like, let me see what I can go crazy with. And on the side, I started working on these. So, and, and I don't do things that have been done. So, I was the first one to do a fully, you know, color Nintendo collector's guide that has every game in color. I was the first one to do that. Now, I was like, well, let me go in the 90s, because the 70s and 80s have been covered significantly in the gaming culture. So, I went to the 90s, and I'm like, let me do 1990, 1991, and continue it on. And I do a full layout at this, at this point where I go full graphical layouts now. And what my goal was is, and people call this like a comic book for video game players. I want it to be when you open it, it's like, oh, there's Ninja Turtles Fall of the Foot Clan. I played that on the Game Boy when I was growing up. And you open up to a different page. It's instant nostalgia. Crystallis on the NES. And you open it up and it's beautiful artwork, completely with pro tips, did you know? Did you know if you hold A on controller two and A and B on controller one, you'll be warped to a random area in Crystallis. Like, it's one of those things that you would see in Nintendo Power or Magazine. Yeah. Now you could see them on game FAQs because the internet exists now. But I like everything in one cohesive, comprehensive spot. Um, it's another thing where I'm going with future books. Like, currently, the years in retro, when people are making new pinball machines like The Hobbit that got released, as well as Ghostbusters... And then you have guys that are making brand new NES games, brand new Atari games, brand new Sega Genesis games. People are redoing new games, doing Kickstarters to restart franchises. All that stuff is not in one spot. So I'm going to do 1990, 1991, and then I'm going to do a year in roll-up for that year. And then next year, I'm going to do 1992. I'm going to continue it and continue going. As long as people are supporting me, 
it's going to go on forever. That's just how I am. Uh, and supporting me, as long as I can do a print run and somebody enjoys it, I'm good. I do this on the side as a hobby because it's fun. Now, if, if you don't mind me uh, letting out some of your secrets, because all of us have secrets, Oh no! It's one of the things you do that make our country better outside of entertaining us. Oh yeah. I may oh, yeah. let that slip out. Oh, so... Yeah, for so for my day job, um, I've been active duty army for the last eleven years. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I never put that out. <laughs> so actually, side quest, whatever number this ends up being, that'll be the first time I mention I'm in the military and VGBS podcast. So <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah, you've been I've, outed. I've been I've been in eleven years. I'm indefinite <laughs> in the army. I'm not getting out. Um, I'm gonna retire. I can do this on the side, um, and that's what I've been doing. I'm on leave right now from the Army to come out here, and Rob was kind enough to have me come out, which I'm grateful for. It was awesome of him. That's all. Thank you, Rob! <laughs> Thank you, Rob. Now, 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 now you, Mr. Beardo. Mr. Beardo, Kyle Meister himself. Yes, yes, yes. Now, <laughs> if I may ask, uh, what have been some of the uh, fun greatness, that, that, you know, the craziness uh, potting you've been doing? Oh, great beardo. <laughs> your, your audio editing madness. Because he seriously is an OCD madman when it comes to it. Because that's the difference between our podcast and a lot of them. Because we don't just push it out. So what are your secrets behind how you do this, Kyle? Yes, yes. Your yes. audio editing oh, madness, yeah. man. Yeah. Just that's the thing. VGBS would just be a re we record it and push it out type thing. Mm -hmm. But without his mastery touch, man, it, it wouldn't be a podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of tricks and. It's funny when you see a project at the very beginning, something you're into, and then you look a few years later and you see how much more refined it's gotten. I think it's a general evolution of things. Yeah. The more you work at things, the better you get, the more tricks you learn. So it's just kind of taking that day by day and uh, keeping on with the same thing. It's kind of like a game. I always love to make the analogies. Mm -hmm. It's exactly like a game. You don't put it down. You know, if you keep, you know digging away at it day after day after day, all of a sudden you're so much better than you were, you know, like a month before, and you look and you say, oh my god, like I've grown so much. We almost apply life and everything we do to RPG terms for some reason, like, like leveling we, we leveled up. Yeah. Like, I consider that, like, we just leveled up our, our podcasting because he figured out a brand new way to remove hiss or remove sound sure. from it, and now it just all of a sudden becomes so much more refined. And it's like when, yeah. when like when, when you're creating something, you know, you, you kind of stumble upon something randomly, or, oh, wow, I could use this, mm -hmm. or this, this is, is interesting. True. And you leveled up. That's what yeah. we would call yes. that, leveling yes. up. Yes. On every single project, you're right. Or, or if you do an, a game that's a different genre, or if I'm doing like uh, something for a band, mm -hmm. recording for a band, and I'll come across something on that Kyle is also a musician. Yes! Yeah, so, so then you see, oh, wow, like, maybe I could apply this over here. And then all of a sudden you grow, you know, completely. That's, that's the kind of challenges we had on Star Trek, because we didn't have CGI to use yet, so it was all hand done. Mm -hmm. And so those V'ger clouds everyone's so enamored with <laughs> are actually a wire hanger that we spun. Should we <laughs> photograph that? Oh... Oh, I don't know. I think okay. it'd be more fun to see the trailers, probably. Okay. <laughs> now, before we go to the trailers uh, of, you know, Dragon's Lair Space Ace, Dragon's Lair 2, I could feel a thirst for greater knowledge from all of your skulls. I'm thinking it's time for an answer and question session, and I would like to hear some questions from all of you, if you have any. You in blue? Oh, you, sir, in stripes. Oh, yeah. And we will repeat it so that way we can pick it up on all mediums because there's microphones oh. everywhere. So, go ahead, sir. This, Mr. Walter Day. This has bothered me for a long time. What's the capital of Syria? What is the capital of Syria? Yikes. That's not the answer. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it is yikes. The capital of Syria is something that's impronounceable and very difficult to read because it's in a foreign language. Any other questions that may pertain? <laughs> yes, sir. Oh boy, look at the way you salute. Do you think the political correctness wants to ruin some of your Disney movies? You mentioned there was a couple of them in there that were quote unquote controversial. Oh, oh, the uh, the, the especially Song of the South, or. Yeah, I saw that movie. What's the fuss about that? Uh, yeah, you know, I find Gone with the Wind to be far more offensive if you're going to go that way. Yeah. But uh, they'll come to their senses, I hope, someday. And 
Um, I, I think just that like I hope just... they'll re-release re re the original tr Star Wars trilogy now that it's their property yeah. without yeah. the uh, added 1997 things. I think there was just oh cer God. certain Forget stuff. Imagine Jar Jar Binks and Roger Rabbit having an argument together. Oh, that's that's a nightmare. That's a nightmare. I mean, I think that there was just certain things that are now taboo that were like used as humor in Song of the South, and now they're taboo and they would cause too much controversy. Yeah. Well, and it's you know, just certain even, things that were just not a big deal back then. And it's just a song of the times. Like it's a yeah, it's what yeah. it is. Even even the black a film like The Black Cauldron was. Yeah. Um, it was controversial then because it was considered far too scary, and we we even tried watering it down some. Mm. But you got these dead bodies reanimating and walking around. Yeah, know. yeah. And um, the Horn King just literally gets shredded over the cauldron the last few seconds. No, yeah. But um, brutal. That is tame compared to what kids are seeing today. So yeah, things have changed. I don't so feel so bad about it. Yeah. You, young lady, I can see a question bouncing in your skull. Oh, it bounced out. Oh, darn. Mr. Walter. Were you, uh, did you grow up in Anaheim? No, I grew up in Burbank, uh, five blocks from the studio. And I would walk over and join my dad for lunch. This is before I act. Um, no, that was 55. I came along in 57. Um, but my parents were there. They helped. Everybody helped. I was in Disney on the third day of its existence. Yeah, everybody helped get uh, Walt get the, the uh, park open. And um, I actually saw my parents on the film when they had their anniversary nice. for the park. Yeah. Who else was in Anaheim in 55? Oh, Eugene, you were there once, huh? Yes, sir. Your top five hardest NES games to find for your book. The top five hardest oh, NES games. Oh, oh, oh. Now, time you had to find information on, or to or find the actual to game add to your collection. To add to the collection. Well, of course, you have your big bulk hitters, your stadium events, Flintstones, to surprise the dinosaur peak. Surprisingly, Little Samson. How hard was that to find? Not <coughs> hard at all. Yeah, you just gotta pay the price. I mean, we found that one live. It was We found it at a store, though. So I would say Nobunaga's Ambition 2 was impossible I've only to find. seen one of those in my life. What were some of the other final... Um, it's just it's the ones you've only seen, like, one of. Yeah. Like, um, Squoon. I know they had Squoon. Squoon was for sale. And yeah. actually, yeah, I got that one at a in Florida at a... A uh, flea market, believe it or not, like those, those Taitos, like Taitos. Um, uh, I mean, Jetsons, uh, Wacky Races, because like a lot of the heavy hitters, too. like we knocked out five, ten years ago. So like the heavy hitters weren't till much later when you're finally completing them. Yeah. I mean, um, the the one that I don't know is uh, we haven't come across yet for anything reasonable is the Nintendo World Championships. How much? Oh, those are going for over ten thousand dollars, wow. and you know, like how many of them are in the wild? I mean, I've I saw one at too many games this year, and the guy wanted twelve thousand dollars or something more than it is. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like no. Um, test cartridges are another one, and when I do my second NES book, which I'm gonna try to launch at the end of the year when they launch that NES Mini, um, assuming I get my Super Nintendo books out, because those yes. have to be out first. Um, but I'm going to try to launch it in conjunction, but I'm going to have all that, those obscurities, rarities, and, you know, oddities for the Nintendo, including unlicensed PAL exclusives, uh, variants, Holy Grails, Famicom, uh, games that don't require Japanese, and NES Homebrews, which there are over 200 brand new NES games that have been released since 2002. It's insane. Mm -hmm. So, going to try to make it the same size, and that way it's a good second book. There's a cool thing about the NES is every time you, you go out and hunt for the NES, you, especially like a long time ago, it's hard to say nowadays, but there's so many releases that you will probably find something you've never seen before. Yes. That's what I always liked about it. And, and that's what I love about jumping into these new books is there's so many games that I haven't touched on Super NES. And when I do another book, say I go to Genesis, oh my goodness, there's so many great games. Yeah. Sorry. All right, this is a weird question. Maybe it's just Japanese, but there have been some, I'll use the term, blue games, like mm. blue films. Mm -hmm. Strip Fighter, for example, mm -hmm. instead of Street Fighter. Mm -hmm. What type of ooh-la-la -la or just bizarre games like a guy 
who's uh, who's uh, fighting uh, toilet pieces and, and things like Toilet Boy was it like another weird game. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, how many of these weird games are in America? Are those port games? Are they boot games? Well, Nintendo was classic with their censoring. Mm -hmm. um, there are some things that slip through the cracks. I mean, when you're playing the first level of Monster Party, you get halfway through it, all of a sudden the screen flashes and it goes to the Japanese ROM and all of a sudden everything's in death for that, just that second half of the first the level. It's all yeah. gore. Because um, that whole game was all gore. It was yeah. amazing. Um, in Japan. Right. So in the States, they censored it heavily. There's a lot of stuff that they removed out of games, uh, such as, I mean, there was a lot of religious affiliations as yeah. well as um, any kind of nudity, because there was a lot of different games, except for when you get into the unlicensed realm. Then you have the trilogy where bubble bath babes <laughs> and... <laughs> peekaboo slots, and hot slots, and peekaboo That's the poker. thing about visiting another country. Yes. When I was in England, I was, I had to do a double take because I was shocked to see a pair of breasts, bare breasts, going across the screen. This is regular television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it goes that right into media in this country. Yeah, yeah. A lot of countries no. are more open with that. Um, yes, there are a lot, a lot of sexuality games. things. Like in Kid Dracula, you have to guess the color of the the lady's panties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kid Dracula, which is a Japanese yeah. Famicom exclusive. Oh, like you, have to, you have to guess the characters' the Japanese panties. Japanese have a lot of questionable stuff on television. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, the Splatter House, there's a lot of toilet humor in Splatter House. Oh, yeah. Um, oh. One Haku graffiti. I could not believe this. I had a, my, my son, and he was about 9 or 10, uh, had a bunch of kids over. And this is a different home game system. And it was like Splatter House 3 or Splatter House 4, the newer one where it's, you know, 3D. Oh, yeah. And I do this move where the character punches the monsters behind. Oh, Goes They're in deep enough and pulls out his intestines. They were the same ones that show And I look at all the kids and I walk up and I shut this game off and I'm like, I am not playing this game around you. <laughs> That's I, the thing. I, yeah. I, yeah, I, I was How much has changed? Them. Movies yeah. were like that too. Where you watch the old like slasher films and they're yeah. so tame now. Oh. Yeah. 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 Um, well, it's it's like the classic um, clown that Kyle just got here from one of the vendors that he's opening up a trench coat and has hot dogs hanging in his jacket. And I'm like, I can't get that because I have a four-year-old daughter. I'm like, I'm not going to get that, but you definitely should. My girlfriend would get a good laugh out of that. Yeah. Like, it's classic stuff that's questionable. Oh, okay. I said we had three minutes, but yes. you could have still paid. Yeah, we, yeah. Okay. Well, we got three minutes. Do you have enough time to show a preview? Yeah, you got five minutes. All right. Who would like to see some previews to Dragon's Lair or Space Ace or anything like that that's kind of fun? It's the second disc. Bonus disc. Well, by the way, I want to thank all of you follow. Thank you for all your creativity that made wonderful things for us. You? Assalamu alaikum. We will have Saki later. Yes. Saki to me. Saki to me. Great, Jeff, for the historical archiving yes. and making one of the greatest collector's guides. And then uh, you for the podcast so more of the world All can right. see it. Yeah. Our trailer is. Yeah. Yeah. Legend. Could please go down to Charles? There you go. And thank you, Charles, for being our Secret man Marriage. with the plan. Okay, let's start out with Dragon's Lair. All right. Uh, you'll, you'll probably remember these. these. These were showing on the monitor. Alright, so right here, right here we'll wrap up for the podcast. Uh, thanks, Tyler, for coming on VGBS Podcast. It was great having you on. Um, this is awesome because we didn't realize until later. Eugene Jarvis is sitting there watching us. The legendary Walter Day is over here hanging out. Like at this convention, we meet so many people that are ingrained in the you know, video game community. I didn't know who Walter was. No, and it's like it's outstanding to meet so many people. And we appreciate you coming on, and it's great because like normally we do like a little question and answer. Kind of went right off the the beaten path, which is perfect because that's what we do on every episode. And listeners know this. Like we go, we go right off the path. And uh, Charles went down a great path. It was awesome. Being being spontaneous is. Okay, we're gonna do space haste. Oh, it's awesome. And I mean that's what we do on the podcast. It's fun that way. Um, I guarantee you people are gonna get enjoyment out of out of the episode here. It was, it was fun talk. Get to hear it. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, and that's why we were doing our commentary while the. All the videos are playing because on a podcast they can't see that. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, so while they're listening to Dragon's Lair and Space Ace as we're going out, so so where can people online find?
find you, Philo? Um, well, I have two pages, my regular friend page. On Facebook. Philo Barnhart. Yeah. Philo Barnhart. B-A-R-N-H-A-R-T. And then my art page, which is Philo Barnhart Art. Awesome. And I may have alluded to it during the during this um, live podcast here, but um, VGBSpodcast.com is a thing now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have everything up there visually stimulating. We, we do breakout videos or artwork for every episode. Um, people really dig what we do with the podcast. So everybody can see that there and Hagensalley.com um, for all my stuff. And Kyle will get these out there a lot quicker because he doesn't have to sync audio on these. So all he does is... Right. All Kyle does is says he doesn't have to sync audio. Kyle gets it all done. It's perfect. Tightens them up. Kyle's the man. Tightens it up. <laughs> we're, we're wrapping up the podcast, guy. We can. We had can. to make models for uh, <laughs> things because we didn't have CG yet. We can do these things a lot more easy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, nowadays. Time warp. But I would love to know where that time machine model is now. <laughs> that would be interesting. It was beautiful. It was about four feet in diameter. Wow. Wow, that's a big time machine. Yeah. Well, everybody, I'd like to thank you and myself. I'm Charles DeMassant of SilverPhoenix.net. Uh, just take a look at it. I produce horror comics and educational. One of my new books I'm doing is The History of Police in America. I plan to give away one million units away across the country. Awesome. Soon I'll have more information on the uh, website about what's going on with it. And again, let's thank all of you for being here. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Charles. Thank you so much. So, so where again can can our listeners go to to get to your website? Silverphoenix.net. Appreciate it, Charles. You're the, the perfect hostess with the mostest. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you very much. That's for my little one. Thank you very much. Awesome. That's for you. Oh, thank you. Oh, Molly. Thank you very much. Thank you. Shall we sneak off to Yeah.